Father God, we love you and we thank you. And we praise you for the opportunity we have this morning to worship you freely. And as we are in your house this morning, God, we pray that you will speak to each and every one of us in a way that you need to speak to each and every one of us. I pray that my words would be your words and that you would give us ears to hear. We thank you, Jesus, for the gift of life, for the gift of forgiveness, and for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm Pastor Jamie Kendrew, and uh, it's, been, it's been a great series. Uh, we've been teaching on the ideal family. We've been teaching about what it looks like for us as Christians to kind of be engaged in this world of figuring out what the family looks like. And over the past couple of weeks, we've talked about conflict in the home. We've talked about communication and resolving conflict. And I, and I hope that the Lord has been convicting you and some good things have been happening in your home. Hopefully husbands and wives and, and, and men and women, you've been having conversations and figuring out that God has got to be a high priority, as we talked about last week, in your family. I think for me, one of the biggest uh, culprits that, that, that brings um, divisiveness and hurt and pain into our families, is, as we talked last week, is that priority of God is where does God fit into the spectrum of things? And, and a lot of times, as we talked about last week again, we, we get that priority out of whack with God, and God becomes second, and sometimes God becomes third. And whether we want to or not, we begin to teach um, how to honor God. And we begin to teach, in the reality of it, how we honor one another. And so whether we like it or not, I think Charles Barkley said it best. He said, I didn't play this game to become your kid's role model. But whether I like it or not, I am. And I've got to start living up to better expectations. And the reality of it is, is you are always teaching. As a believer, as a parent, as a son, as a daughter, as a brother, as a sister, as a person. And so this morning we find ourselves in a place that I think addresses something that's at the heart of a lot of all this. And I want to start by telling you a little story. My son Brandon had a birthday in August, and he got this game. My, we, uh, we love board games. My son particularly loves Legos. And I think the people at Lego get me. They understand. I just, I love the Lego product. I love the toys. My son, and I'm glad I had a son so I can still play with Legos. It's fantastic. And so Lego recently came out with these, these games where it's not only just a board game, but you get to build the board game as kind of like the Lego thing. You get to build the board game, and it's fantastic. And my son got this Pirates board game. And what it is, is it's a board game where you, you have all these different characters, and, and slowly, one by one, each character walks the plank. And you do that by rolling dice, and there's just these rules to the game. The way that the game was created by the people at LEGO, it was created on purpose. And so all the things that you had to do were, were, were important. And we're playing this game, and my son Brandon looks at me, and he says, Dad, do we have to do it that way? And I said, well, I mean, Brandon, it's, you, we, can, we can do whatever we want. We can create our own game. But I'm going to tell you this right now. The way that this game was created, the way that people set it up, I mean, we can do it our way, but it's not going to be any fun. It's, it's probably going to cause us to be angry, and, it, and, and we're not going to be able to win the game. We can't figure out how to win if we just start playing by our own rules. You know, oh, okay. That's simple, right? 
I used to play Pokemon cards with my son. And I still don't know the rules. Because what it consisted of in our house was, okay, Dad, you lay down your card, okay, and I'll lay down my card, I win. I caught on pretty quick to that. But I'm betting, I'm betting, that that's not how the game was designed. I bet that's not how it was intended to be. And I loved it because that night I had my daughter and my son were at home and my daughter Becca was coloring and she was doing some things and she ended up coming into the room and we said, hey Becca Boo, you want to play Lego Pirates with us? She's like, yeah, sure. And we start playing the game and then while we're playing the game she says something about, well that's stupid, can't, can't we just do it like this dad? And before I could get the words out of my mouth, my son Brandon says, Becca, if we don't follow the rules, we're not going to be able to figure out how to win. And I went... All right, there's hope here. And I tell you that silly story because the reality of it is, is the institution of the family is completely under attack in a way I've never seen. I've only been around 30 plus years, but it's, it's unreal to me. Because in our society today, thanks to the movements that took place in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and, and different psychology, we have destroyed the family. In fact, if I were to say to you from the pulpit right now what I'm going to say to you, I'm going to tell you, God intended a family to be a mother and a father, not a father and a father, not a mother and a mother, not two fathers and three mothers. He didn't intend it that way. God intended the family to be one man married to one woman. And the sad thing is, is while you guys clap, people who will listen to this on CD or something later will look at me and say, he's a bigot. He's not tolerant. Well, listen, I didn't create this game. I didn't write the manual. But the Word of God tells me that this is what a family is. And the moment I begin to mess with the rules, the moment I begin to do things because it would be more fun for me and forgetting everybody else, I'm going to tell you right now, we as a people are not going to be able to figure out how to win in this life. Amen? And so we got this society now where kids and youthfulness is revered and honored and growing old is demonized. We've got this society where we take our parents and we put them in old folks' home and in government programs and we forget about them. And the reason I'm frustrated with this is because we have reaped what we have sowed. When we change the rules and when we try to tweak what God designed... We are in for problems. In the 60s and 70s, youth culture was created and and, and there became this popular mindset that that it's not cool to be a part of your family. The society began to preach this message that that it is good for a kid to leave his home. Now the Bible said it it is good for a man to leave his father and mother and become one with his wife. But the Bible does not say to forsake and forget your family. We live in a society today where not only are our youth leaving their families and forsaking their families, they're leaving and forsaking their families because even in homes with moms and dads, there's abandonment issues where mom and dad are not there with their kid. We talked about it a little bit last week. Some of the loneliest students that I've ever worked with are kids with mom and dad in the home. 
that they've put their jobs before their families. And we wonder why we live in a society that does not honor the mother and the father. Because somewhere along the lines of the last whatever years, we've started to redefine what a marriage is. We've started to redefine what is a family. I grew up in a single mother home because of my father. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a single mother or a single father in this room, this isn't meant to sting, but that is not how God designed us to be, folks. God did not design you to take on the role of both mother and father. Men, listen to me. You are called by God to be the spiritual head of your house. And as a man of God, there are certain things that you can do for your family that a woman, that your wife, that the mother cannot. You are called to a position in that family. It is not the position of of being the Lord But it's a position of submission and laying your life down for your family. Mothers, you are called by God to come alongside, not to be in front and not to be behind. Feminism tells us that the mother should be in the head of the household, should be at the front, that a true strong woman can be a single mother. That's garbage. God designed a family to have a mother and a father, not a mother up here and a father back here or vice versa. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 or 5, just right before our passage today, that a husband is to submit to the wife, is to lay down his, his, his life for his family. And we love to point out the verse where it says, wives submit to your husbands, but a couple verses before that it says, submit to one another. Men, You are called to be the spiritual heads and the fathers of your household. And woman, you were taken from the side of man and you were to come alongside of them. And side by side, mother and father, we are to raise our families. We are to teach our children respect. We are to teach them what is right and what is wrong. Two plus two does not equal five. And we live in a society of moral relativity where we let the kids make their own decision. We don't want to hurt the kids' feelings. We're more concerned about being friends with our kids than we are parenting them. I'm going to tell you right now, I've worked with kids for 15 years. And when they take the advice of their friends, it does not go well. They don't need any more friends in their life. They need mom and they need dad. Amen. Please, somebody, amen that. I hear from a lot of people that we live in a culture where, where the elders in our society, they're not respected. That's right, they're not. We, we don't revere our older folks because we haven't given a reason to be revered. Now that's general terms. I'm not speaking about some of you in here. I hope that you're sitting here going, uh, this doesn't make sense to me. And I praise God for that. But I just look at our society and I see the way that there's these generational separations where there's no longer interaction between young people and old people. You heard me preach my sermon a while ago. Where have the Mr. Wilsons in the neighborhoods gone? We need old men in the lives of young men. We need old women in the lives of young women. I'm a dad of a a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. I need help. (laughs) 
I need people to come around me, godly people who have been there before, who have walked that road, who can help Michelle and I to figure out how to not screw our kids up. Because parenting is hard, amen? And it's getting harder. I miss the days when I was a youth pastor and I could just say all the stuff that the parents said and the kids would listen to me. Now, now I've got my own to work out. So who do we honor? Today in our scripture passage, we come to a spot in Ephesians, uh, verse 6. And it's really simple. It says this, and I love it because the word of God is so potent and powerful that these few little words can give us enough for two weeks of sermons. Listen to this. Children. And who are children? By the way, every single one of us has been born to somebody. You are all children. It says this, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. It doesn't say honor your father, father or your mother. It says honor your father and your mother. Right there in that statement, God has laid out the groundwork and the basis by which a marriage should be. A father and a mother. It doesn't get much simpler than that. There's no footnotes on this passage because it's just that plain. Father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. It makes me laugh because I can think, how many times do I go and I counsel the students that are, are frustrated because they took the advice of a friend and that advice ended up being bad. And if they had just listened to their parents when their parents were telling them something, they wouldn't even have been in this mess. Do you want to know what that means? You will experience long life. It means if you honor your mother and father and you listen to what people are telling you, you are not going to experience all the bumps and bruises that they went through. Therefore, you're going to live a little bit longer. Does that make sense? Because somebody already blazed the trail. And for each and every one of us, somebody has already blazed that trail. We are called to honor mother, mother, and father. It's that simple. Why are we to honor our mother and father? As I just said, there are people that have gone before us our mothers and our fathers, no matter how old they are or young they are, they've had life experiences that we can grow from. And some of you have grown from those experiences. Praise God. And some of you have not. But the Word of God commands us. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the fifth commandment in the Ten Commandments. The first four of the Ten Commandments deal with how we deal with God. And, and the next six deal with how we deal with one another. And number five, right in the middle of the Ten Commandments, is honor your mother and father. Paul's quoting the Ten Commandments there. And again, it's simple. But sometimes it's really hard, isn't it? Sometimes it's really complicated. We're told because we're to honor, honor our mother and father because it glorifies God, which is ultimately the chief end of man. Everything that we do in this life, if no one's ever told you, the reason for life is for us to glorify God. And by honoring our mother and our father, we're glorifying God. Some of you parents in here are elbowing your kid right now. You're saying, I told you so. We can have wisdom from our parents we can find all kinds of knowledge, godly knowledge, from our parents. We just have to make sure that we're looking in the right way. 
So who do we honor? We honor mother and father. Why? Because God said so. And because ultimately it brings glory to him. Now some of you are sitting there right now and you're asking the question that I would have immediately asked. You tell me to honor my mother. You tell me to honor my father. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know where I have been. My father beat me. He tried to kill me. He abused me. He ran out on me. My mother did this to me. She did this to me. You don't know. So how dare you stand up there and tell me that I'm to honor my mother and father. Now remember, we may be playing the Lego game, but I didn't make the rules. God made the rules. He did not give us exclusions when it says, honor your mother and father. And this is going to be hard for some of us. And and I don't want to belittle this at all because I'm going to tell you right now, I had an incredibly godly mother. And for as awesome as my mom was, my dad was in the other direction. So I get this. I sat with students who dads, they watched their fathers abuse their mothers and then abandon them. And I've sat with students and talked about this very thing. How do you honor a mother or father that is not worth honor? And I'm going to tell you this right now. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I'm not justifying what they did is right. And I'm not even telling you you have to go back and have a healthy relationship. I'm not telling you you have to go back and be a sucker. But you do need to forgive. And maybe not even as much for their sake, but for your own. Because when you don't forgive, you are chained to that. And you run the risk of becoming that. When we are unforgiving, when we hold on to anger, you are giving that person more power in your life than you really should be. And some of you have had horrible parents. You need to honor them by forgiving them. You need to honor them by giving grace to them. You need to honor them, this is a universal thought, by honoring them. There's a code of conduct in the military called respect the uniform. And a lot of you are ex-military and are former, or you are veterans and, and you get this, that sometimes there's a man in a higher ranking uniform that you just do not respect. But it's not about the man, is it? It's about the stripes, it's about the stars, it's about the uniform. And you salute and you respect the uniform. We are commanded by God to honor our mother and father And sometimes, as my mom used to teach me, if you can't say something nice, maybe you just don't say anything at all. And you can bring honor to your mother and father by simply be quiet and not publicly berating or belittling them to other people. You can honor an unhonorable, dishonorable parent by being a better mother or father. You can honor your mother and father by being a great grandparent. You can honor a mother or father in those ways. Maybe your mother and father are dead and gone, but their legacy still lives on in you. 
And the way that you treat yourself, the way that you treat your family, and the way that you honor and glorify God can honor a gone mother and father. Is this making sense, church? So how do we honor an honorable mother and father? I want to step back for a second. I'm not ready to leave that one yet. Let go of the anger. This was something in my life that kept me stationary in my walk with God, and I'm telling you from a broken heart, let go of the anger. There's been a lot of damages done to families. Forgive. Let go. Jesus Christ forgave you of all your sins and your iniquities when you cried out to him, when he put his hands upon that cross. He didn't just die for you. He died for these broken and fallen parents of ours as well. Forgive. Heal. Let go. Don't be a slave to that bondage anymore. So what does it look like for us to bring honor to honorable parents? Because we all have them. When you think about this question, it's kind of funny because I'm looking across the room and I'm, I'm seeing little kids to, to high schoolers to older schoolers and, <laughs> and old folks. I see a full spectrum of peoples here. And when you think about bringing honor to your parents, it looks very different at the age of two than it does at the age of 200. And let me explain that. I want to start by saying this. Children, honor your mother and father by listening and obeying them. It's that simple. It's obedience. What honoring your mother and father looks like as a little kid, it's just simply listening and obeying your parents. Teens, I think it looks different for you. Because when you become a teenager, you start to begin to know a lot more stuff. You start learning a lot of different things. First, let me say this to the teens. You don't know everything. And you know I love you. But you don't know everything and you want to talk about this longer life, there are people in this room who have gone places that you haven't gone yet. They've made these mistakes that that you haven't made yet. And some of you are sitting there going, I wish I could go back to being that age with all the knowledge that I have now. Amen? That's a big amen. Listen to your mother and fathers, to your grandparents, teenagers you have. You have life before you. Do not think you know everything. Pride is at the root of all sin. And when you don't honor your mother and father, and when you think you know everything, you don't. Honor your mother and father by obeying your mother and father, by submitting to your mother and father, by filling them in and not just grabbing the car keys and running. Obey your mother and father and respect your mother and father. We move into the young adult stage where maybe you're in that college years or you're just getting ready to graduate college. What does it look like for you to honor your mother and father? Because now, here you are maybe a 22-year-old man and you've bought your first house and your mother tells you to paint your house pink. 
Honoring your mother and father does not mean you say yes to that. Does that make sense? When you move into this different phase of life, honoring your mother and father looks like seeking counsel from your mother and father. It looks like visiting and calling your parents. Young people, listen to me. When you go to college, call your parents once in a while. Honor them by, by, by answering them, their emails or whatever it is. Spend time with your mother and father. Seek their counsel. They want to be with you. How to honor an honorable mother and father when you're in those years? It looks like understanding that you make your own decisions, but you have an incredible, incredible ally in helping you to make them in a godly way. Is that making sense? What does it look like for the 40-year-old man or the 40-year-old woman to honor his mom and dad? Don't forget them. When you start getting up there in age, so do your parents. And the reality of it is, is you're still their little boy. You're still their little girl. You may be the president of a corporation, but your mom is still your mom, and she sees a little boy playing with trucks. Spend time with your mother and your father. As you get older, in your 40s and 50s and 60s, spend time with your parents. Don't abandon them to a government program and a home. Amen? They desire a relationship with us. They still have wisdom to pour into your life. Don't give up on that relationship. And maybe there's a lot of you in this room that this isn't making any sense. Well, praise God. But for some of you, you know what I'm talking about from one end or another. And that is not what God intended the family to be. He intended the family to be a mother and a father honored by their children who have kids that replicate that, that honor them because they honored their parents. Old people, what does it look like for you to honor your mother and father? Carry on a legacy that leaves a wake for the glory of God. Maybe you had a bad parent. Maybe you had a good parent. Be better. There's a lot of you in this room that I know that are great parents, and your desire for your kid is that they would love the Lord deeper than you, that they would be more excellent at everything that they do than you, right? And if we want to honor our mothers and fathers, let us act in that way because it glorifies God. Mothers and fathers, we're going to get into this next week. How are you leading your home? Are you, lead, are you leading your home in such a way that you're giving an example of what it should be? Or do your kids run your household? Does your son speak to your wife in such a way that it makes you sick and you just don't say anything about it? Grow a backbone and say something about it. The way that your siblings treat one another, the siblings treat one another, do you call them out on it or you just simply let them have free reign of the house? Parents, parent, please 
I would love there for be nothing more than for youth ministry to be an obsolete and useless ministry in the church because our parents are doing such a great job. Listen to me. It is not the school's responsibility to raise up your kid. It is not the church's responsibility to teach your kids solely about God. It is you, parents. It's not the government's job to, to take care of your kids. It's not their responsibility to make sure that they're moral. It's yours. And as I said earlier, they have enough friends and they need parents. They need godly parents who in 30 years from now, we can look back and say something happened in this time frame where there was family was heading in a wrong direction. The the, the family was being sabotaged. It was being uh, destroyed by culture. But something happened and family stepped up and parents stepped up and grandpas and aunts and uncles, they stepped up. And they loved God and they glorified God with the way that they raised their families. And now we have something to honor. Just making sense to everybody. God intended us to live honorably for His glory. He intended for us to bring honor to those that have come before us. I think of, I grew up in a place I grew up in Beaver Falls, I'll just say it. Beaver Falls is a place of brokenness where the average family consists of a single mother and an abandoned father. Often there was violence and substance abuse. This is when I was there and these were the kids I grew up with. I saw gang violence, I saw people shoot people, I saw drugs at every corner, I I, I watched all kinds of just awful things happen in a community of 14-year-old kids, and it was the kids doing it. The family wasn't there. In my 10th grade year of school, a tragedy happened in my family, and my mother and I and my brothers, we moved out to a place called Western Beaver. It was like moving from downtown hell to Mayberry. I was in culture shock because every time I turned the corner, somebody had a dad. In fact, I didn't even know how to act or respond to a person that had a dad or their father. And I saw these families that were together and I experienced something in this Western Beaver School District that was unreal. People got along. Kids laughed. There was kids still playing with toys. There was something different about this place and it was good. And as I thought about it this past week, I came to the realization it was nothing to do with country music versus rap music. It wasn't anything to do with corn versus, you know, the main street of Beaver Falls. It had everything to do with the fact that the family was together. And not only was the family together, they were God-fearing families. Men and women who respected the Lord. I've seen in extremes through my childhood what it looks like to live in an honoring way to mother and father. And I've seen what it looks like the other way. And I want us to do everything in our power to be obedient to God, to follow his command, to bring glory to him by honoring our mother and father. Maybe you need to call your mom today. Maybe you need to call your dad today. But it's time to forgive. It's time to move on. It's time to leave a legacy. And it's a time to to obey God 
and to bring him glory by honoring our mother and father. Amen. I hope the Lord spoke to you this morning. Jesus, we love you. We pray, God, that you will work in our families, work in our hearts. Help us to not be prideful. Help us to not be stubborn. But, God, we are somebody's baby girl. We are somebody's baby boy. Regardless of our age, Lord Jesus. And we will pray. We pray right now, God, that you would help us through your word, the book of Proverbs, and all through Scripture. And we're even going to talk more next week about it. It teaches us and, 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 and instructs us on how we're to live and how we're to honor one another and how we're to disciple one another. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to be a people that demonstrates that love for our mothers, that demonstrates that love for our fathers, that we wouldn't play favorites, and that we would see the mother and father as the way that they're supposed to be seen. And that's ordained by you to help to instruct us and to love us and to guide us. God, we give you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.